Hello and welcome to the Apocalypse Podcast, the podcast about eating an entire pig. I'm James Bellardi and of course I'm joined by Chief Taste Tester Sam. Hi Sam. Hola. <laughs> Sam, we've been on holiday, we're back. I'm glad that we're back and with six episodes in, tell me how much pork is left in our freezer. Well, because we gave ourselves a small hiatus from eating our own pig, although not a hiatus from eating other people's pork, um, I don't know, do you reckon we're about halfway, just over halfway? I guess so. About 60 kilos? We Yeah, we, we started with 100 kilos. We're nearly at the halfway mark. I think we've used a lot of the barbecue joints, actually. So we're left for things for stewing and stuff that will be good as we go into autumn. Yeah, and that was the plan, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely, that was the plan. The point is, we've got this pig, we've got it all year, and we've got to work out when is the best time to eat each of these cuts. Now, Sam, there are some episodes of the Apocalypse podcast that I really enjoy recording, and more to the point, researching more than others. And I'm afraid to say that this episode was not one of them. Sam, what cut of pork are we eating this week? This week, we are eating and talking about the ears. The ears. Now, can you describe for me the ears as they came out of the freezer. Yeah, they were quite a bit bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um, quite floppy, um, had a little bit of hair on it still. Oh, they had quite a lot of hair on them. I had to get the blowtorch out. Oh, really? Yeah. Gross. And there was kind of wax as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> earwax. Um, there was nothing about them that looked like it was meat and that we were about to have a tasty meal. No, it was very recognisably part of an animal. You know, I could I could remember seeing that pig prancing around in that field, his little ears flopping around, and then they were there in pieces on our kitchen worktop, and it was it was quite a moment. It does really, you know, bring home that whole thing that you're actually eating an animal here. Yeah. Did you think you would not eat the ears then, because you had suddenly realised that you were eating a real animal? No, because of course, as you know, Sam, the entire <laughs> premise of this podcast. The entire premise of this podcast... Did you just call it a pork cast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the entire premise of this podcast is that we eat every single bit of the animal. So there was never any doubt that we were going to eat it. And, spoiler alert, I'm glad we did. But, wow, it was it was, it was ears. Yeah. I'm not necessarily glad that we did, but it was an experience. But I'm interested that the more we eat of Bebop, um, I wonder if you're starting to... Maybe not think twice about the amount of meat that you eat, but are you starting to have second thoughts sometimes? Not necessarily. I think that I I see there's something virtuous about eating the ears, you know? It's so easy to just to go in for a chop or a nice juicy lean tenderloin or, or, or you know, one of the more mainstream cuts, if you want to call it that. But when you're eating a less desirable part is that the right way to put it mm -hmm. then you feel like i mean look that thing was going to end up as a dog's chew toy if we hadn't eaten it and if it's a case of making me happy or a dog in the food chain humans come above dogs so <laughs> therefore i think we were doing a good thing the other thing about ears is that all animals have ears and yet we basically never eat them so i assume that there's got to be a reason for that it can't just be that we look at them and think, oh, that looks like a bit of an animal that I recognise and therefore I don't want to eat it. I think there must be something in the taste or the texture there that that means we don't use them. Well, if you think about our own ears, 
It's a few eating human ears. There's not very much in that that you'd think would be tasty. It's all cartilage, isn't it? Well, and the lobe at the bottom. Maybe, just a little bit of lobe. <laughs> just it just doesn't feel that lobe. it'd be worth chopping off someone's head. Yeah. It, like, it doesn't feel like you're getting a good um, return on your investment. It's the amount of hassle you have to go to for cooking it mm. compared to what it probably tastes like. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Let's get on to science. There is one muscle in the ear, which is the parieteculeus. Oh, dear. Sure. Yeah, that thing. It's at the base of the ear, and it's the bit that connects it to the head. It's pretty small. And generally, you know, you don't see pigs wagging their ears that much. So I can't imagine it gets loads and loads of exercise. Oh, and as we know, not much muscle means not much meat. Well, indeed. Indeed. The rest of the ear is basically skins, veins, and cartilage. Mmm, tasty. Mm. So if you're going to eat pig's ears, you really have to be a skin and cartilage guy or gal, uh, which taste and texture-wise can be a bit of a challenge, but it's also very, very good for you. Cartilage is very rich in collagen, which is very good for healthy bones, joints, ligaments, and tendons. They don't really eat it in the West. Do they eat it anywhere else, do you know? Yeah, of course they do. So, um... In lots of Eastern cuisine, um, as we know from our travels, they eat pretty much everything Mm -hmm. and things don't go to waste. So in China, Thailand and Vietnam, they braise the ears and they can be served hot or cold in salads and in stir fries. Mm, In Okinawa, in Japan, the little islands down the bottom, Uh they're served raw as sashimi. God. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, But you can't wait to eat that when Mm. we next go back to Japan. Um, they have it braised in some Eastern European dishes in Lithuania and Bulgaria. And, um, sometimes in some of the Southern states in the U S it can be eaten, um, slathered in barbecue sauce or fried crispy like buffalo wings. Mm. God, man, we've had a lot of stuff slathered in, in barbecue sauce. And the idea of doing that with an ear, it just slightly turns my stomach right now. Yeah. But compared to the other ways of cooking it, that strikes me as potentially being one of the best but it's good to know that it's really healthy and that what we ate even though we probably um deep fried it Mm. was good for us Mm. now of course confession time this isn't the first time that you and i have eaten pigs ears we had them do you remember at the opera tavern in oldwich and they served them kind of in very thin strips and they were pretty much indistinguishable from pork scratchings Uh, i was pretty drunk i don't entirely remember them which means maybe they weren't too bad. Did we go there with your mum? Yeah, we did go there with my mum, yeah. She wolfed them down. The other time I had them was at this Filipino place in Tooting Market. There's a Chef Jojo Manalo, and the dish was called Sizik. And once again, I was pretty drunk, but I do remember that dish, and it was delicious. I wasn't there. You weren't there. It no. was good. It was tasty years. It was kind of mixed in with a lot of other bits of unidentified meat and um, some citrus fruits and things like that. So what we did was try and take those two experiences and turn them into our recipes for this this week's episode. Say this week, it's not really every week, is it? Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) It's like every three or four weeks, but let's hope no one notices. First up, let's talk about the scratchings. One thing you notice about virtually every pig ear recipe is that they all start in pretty much the same way. You blowtorch off the hair, which is, 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 is pretty grim. Not going to lie. Then you have to clean them, get rid of any wax, and then you boil them or you braise them to soften them up. And how long you do that depends on how much cartilage crunch you want when you oh, bite into that. God. <laughs> Deep fried crispy pig's ear, you're looking at about 90 minutes. 
to get it to the, the, the requisite. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not crunch, really, is it? It's got a, a clean snap when you when you bite into it. Well, that's the aim, isn't it? So yeah. how long did we boil ours for? 90 minutes. Okay, because we wanted a good amount of cartilage crunch. Mm. It's not a phrase I'm going to forget in a hurry. <laughs> oh, it's not a taste sensation I'm going to forget in a hurry either, God. Now, when I was reading up on Crispy Pig's Ears, I was fueled by the good vibes of Filipino food from my time at Chef Jojo Manalo's. So for the Crispy Ears experience, I used a Filipino recipe for this dish called Tenga. Now, as recipes go, it's almost identical to a lot of Spanish Crispy Pig's Ears recipes, uh, which I'm guessing is what the Opera Tavern oh, yeah, goes. Yeah, was kind of tapasy, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but for one key difference, which is that you braise it in adobo, which means you stew it in vinegar, soy sauce, bay leaves, peppercorns, and garlic. And that is uh, distinct from the Spanish version of adobo, which incidentally is a Spanish word, adobo, even the origins of the Filipino version, if that makes sense. doesn't make any sense because you keep just saying adobo. In adobo. <laughs> uh, the Spanish version is in vinegar, but otherwise totally different ingredients. Yeah, oh, I didn't mention earlier in my run through the world's cuisines that in Spain they eat all of the pig, particularly in Galicia. So I should have mentioned that. They put that in stews and a thing called cochido, I think, if I'm oh. pronouncing that correctly. Cochido. So, yeah, the, in Spain, they use all of the pig too. Now, the theory behind cooking this in adobo was that it would inject a bit of flavour. Not that I'm enjoying the taste of pure pork any less since we've been eating the last 45 kilos of it. But I just thought that we could get something other than pure pork taste. Yeah, I could get some Asian flavours. Indeed. After you've braised the ears, you come into slices and then you deep fry them. Sam, you were out of the house when the deep frying happened, but you were home in time for the aftermath. Can you describe the state of our kitchen when you came home after I deep fried the ear slices? Well, in many ways, it was not different to any other night when you cook dinner and make an absolute mess in the kitchen. And I get the brilliant job of tidying it up. But this was particularly special. It was quite a lot of hot oil um, splattered everywhere. Mm. Um did, it get, did you hurt yourself with it? It looked like the kind of oil that had got all over you as well. So in hindsight, what would have been good was if I'd had a splash guard for the fryer. But I didn't. So literally, there were shards of ear like projecting three feet into the air. Oh, I wish you'd filmed it. We could have made a gif. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I had to sort of form like an armour on my arms using the kitchen towels <laughs> to, to, to get it out. The second recipe we did was the sizzig. Now, I've got to admit, there's a bit of cheating here. Sizzig is basically a sizzling stir-fry dish. And it has got ears in it, but most of the meat in there is pork belly. And we put in some chicken liver as well. So it is an ears dish, but fundamentally, you're mainly in it for the pork belly. You put a whole load of other stuff in there. Chilies, onions, garlic, calamansi, which is sort of like a lime. And then the idea is that you drizzle it all in mayo and a couple of raw eggs. Or raw egg yolks for a creamy finish. Mm, <laughs> creamy finish. Uh, yeah, we did not do the mayo and raw egg yolks no, stage no. of this dish. That's another spoiler alert. Now, let's let's rate these dishes. The taste. Let, let's do the tenga, which is the crispy pig ears. Sam? Um, I wish that I knew enough adjectives to adequately describe the taste texture um, and presentation of the crispy pig ears, the tenga. Suffice to say that they did not taste anything like the aforementioned tapas pork scratchings at the Opera Tavern. I remember them being chewy. I remember the outside of them being 
having a bit of a nice crunch, but just not feeling like I was getting that crunch from the cartilage. The cartilage crunch. You didn't get the cartilage snap. I didn't feel like I did get that snap. Um, it doesn't really taste like anything. I don't think it tastes like pork. It doesn't taste, you know, sometimes when you eat different bits of meat or things that are really deep fried, you're like, oh, maybe it's a bit chicken, maybe it's a bit this, but I don't think it tasted of anything. It was all texture. It was that cheap pork taste, though. That, that, that bit that you're trying to ignore when you have cheap pork sausages. And it's like underneath that, in a cheap pork sausage, there's probably something that tastes pretty good. But all you're getting is the taste of, of, of cheapness. Yeah, but I quite like cheap sausages because the texture redeems them. Mm. And you still have that in a great sausage sandwich. I will never be having crispy piggies again. I think part of the problem is that I didn't get the oil hot enough. Because basically they were spurting all over the kitchen. So I had to do it perhaps a bit more hastily than I would otherwise have liked to have done. Um, and because of that, they did go really chewy. And it wasn't the cartilage snap that we'd been dreaming of. It was chewy. It was like a dog's chew toy. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed, actually, that the adobo cooking process didn't give a bit more flavour. Because, you know, fundamentally, as you say, it was largely flavourless, except for the taste of cheapness. Cheap and deep fried. Now, I do wonder whether that cartilage snap, whether we just haven't had it right, or whether actually the cartilage snap is just rough as hell and horrendous. Yeah, I mean, we obviously haven't been brought up with it, so we haven't, like, got a taste for it. And potentially, we didn't cook it quite right either. Yeah, I... I, Yeah, I'm still not changing my mind. I'm never having that again. Yeah, just to sort of add to insult to injury... The, the cooking process was a massive faff. I mean, it was like two hours. Yeah, and then another three hours to clean up. And then the sizzig. Sam. So, the sizzig. To describe the presentation, it was a very brown stir-fry uh-huh. on the plate. Um, I think we had some rice with it. Yeah, well, the well. rice was the saving grace. Yeah, <laughs> thank God for the rice. Yeah. Um, and I found myself, the more I was eating... Picking out, and I never thought I'd do this in a stir-fry, picking out the chicken liver to concentrate on Mm. um, instead of eating what was slightly burnt, I'm afraid to say, chef, slightly burnt pig's ear. So whilst it was crispier than... um, It's crispy in its own way. Yeah, Yeah. it had a little bit more cartilage crunch. Yeah, it was still still a bit chewy, still pretty burnt, um, leaving a very kind of burnt and carcinogenic aftertaste in the mouth and so i leant towards eating quite a lot of creamy chicken liver with rice yeah yeah okay so this definitely wasn't helped by the fact that i I took my eyes off the prize and i burned it in the pan whilst i was tending to the rice which turned out fine so you know thank god for that Uh, but there was some pretty seriously carbonized overtones to this dish and yeah, I feel like we've done Filipino cooking a real disservice with yeah, this episode. Yeah, God. If anyone from the Philippines out there, we're sorry uh, for we den- just, we denigrating need to your cultural go to a, a Filipino heritage. restaurant and have better cooked food. The ear was chewy. I don't know. Did it have that famous cartilage snap that everyone's raving about these days? No. No. Again, <laughs> again I, I agree. I was in it for the chicken liver by the end. And then the, the soy sauce and, and all the, the, the lime it was supposed to cut through the fat. No. Uh, no, again. And it was a shame because we used some really good belly meat in there as well. But it was it was slightly, let's be honest, ruined by the fact that I burnt it. But then also the, 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 the ear didn't really help. 
all in all, not our best work. So let's do scores. Uh, my score for Tenga, God. Three, two? Oh, mine's one. Okay. I'll do two. Just because I reckon it could have been done a bit worse. Oh, yeah. If someone else was cooking it, I'd have given it a high score. But that wasn't my experience of it, was it? <laughs> well, I'm not sure it's the person that cooked it. I think it was the preparation that the person used. That's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blaming you for this. I'm laying all of the... Th- at your door for this i'm gonna give it a two you're gonna give it a one. one okay now let's talk about the sizzig score one yeah it's one i never want to eat those things again but i will because i know that we did them a disservice <sighs> useful in leftover oh god none <laughs> none whatsoever no i mean the thing is the ears because you're deep frying them after a couple of hours they lose their crispiness anyway so they get chewier so like what would you want to be using that for in leftovers? Dog chews. Possibly. We don't have a dog. There yeah. was nothing you could do with the leftovers. Yeah, we ate about two thirds of it actually in the end, which I think we deserve some kind of commendation for. And then the rest went in the bin, which was sad. Mm. Yeah, it was. What would you do differently next time? Would you buy this cut from a butcher? Uh, next time I would go to a professional kitchen with actual Filipino chefs cooking these dishes. And would I would not buy this cut from a butcher. I would not recommend anyone buys ears unless they really know what they're doing would you recommend it to a friend though a frenemy (laughs) (laughs) um i wouldn't recommend it to anyone unless they really did know what they were doing um i think that we could have we had a really interesting experience we've learned lots about the pig's ears but we did not have a tasty experience no there was one big positive though which is we got a new fridge magnet out of it yeah, and I do love fridge magnets. Yeah, and yeah. What, well, what is the fridge magnet? Um, we got a new fridge magnet, which was Bebop's earring. Um, the little pink kind of stud in his ear that marked him out, and so we knew that he was Bebop. Yes, now that adorns our fridge. Thank you, Bebop. <coughs> which, sadly, brings us to the end of the episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode of the Apocalypse Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for the Apocalypse Podcast or get in touch, find recipes, and more episodes at apocalypsepodcast.com. Join us on the next episode of the Apocalypse Podcast, where hopefully we'll be eating a tastier chunk of bebop than it is. Bye.